Yo, this is your boy Buddy Ewing. I'm Draymond Green. Hey, y'all, this is John Quell John. This is Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. And you are logged in. Logged on. You're logged on to the 10th year seniors. The 10th year seniors.com. 10th year seniors.com. You're logged in with 10th year senior. Yeah. Welcome to the 10th year seniors podcast network. This is, I don't know what this is. Like right now, we just riffing. No, we just, we just talking. I guess I have to label it as something. Well, then this is a combination of I need a minute and then also a combination of, um, what is your version of the Bahamas sports podcast? Okay, so usually that, that version is. usually that one is the accredited. Yes, uh, that's the what accredited. it is. Okay, so this is the accredited. That's where we're on right now. Shout out to Elkin because that's the intro music. If I was gonna choose it, I lie. Well, okay, they already listened to the intro music and it was the tenth year seniors theme. All right, well then, right now because I'm editing this, I'm gonna put an Elkin drop inside you. So then you know enjoy join anyway we got a lot of things to talk about by the way um this is the first time i think me and you have been on a podcast in person yes in a long ass time right? yes like we have not done this in forever and you know what it took for us to come back out of the woodworks because right mm-hmm. now we should be running in the streets yeah oh, we will be running in the streets by the time you listen to this, we would have already successfully run through the streets. We ran right? the streets last night. That was a good. That was a I mean, we've been running the streets all week. It's been quite a week, but yeah. I just have one question to ask. Like, y'all think these people care about y'all? Like, y'all think these people care about the product that they give y'all, or is it just to say that we've we've done it? Now, before we get into. Mm-hmm. Before we actually get into the logistics of this thing, in no way, shape, or form am I disparaging the commentary team that a lot of you heard during the game. Because you know what? It, I would say that it ain't their fault. Mm-hmm. It is the fault of the decision makers that put people in positions where they are not going to be able to succeed. Mm-hmm. Like Anybody behind the scenes saw that shit coming a mile away, but the people that are in charge of making decisions chose to make some in their best interest and not in the best interest of the product. My question is just, who are they doing it for? Because there's no way that you thought that shit was popping off. So, as an intro for if you, the uh, people who are not adjusted to this, it's like, listen, man, the Bahamas basketball team had three NBA players on it right now. And we have been waiting on this for years. We thought we were going to have four, but now we have three. And Eric Gordon's addition to the team with Buddy Heel put another uh, forward guard in the team that like put the Bahamas in a very good position to possibly qualify for the Olympics in basketball. And and if you follow 10th year seniors, you know we've been going to the drafts. So when Buddy got drafted, when Aiden got drafted, there was like this was brewing. There could be something that could happen. And we were close to it a few times where people had to make certain decisions, whether they were going to play or whether they were not going to play. And then ultimately, when Aiton decided that, hey, I'm going to play, Buddy is playing, Eric Gordon is going to make his application to be like, I'm, I want to play with the Bahamas. And I think like we, I also wanted to speak to that point, to like even just that decision-making, that thought process. And that led us to a moment where the Bahamas realized, oh, fuck. Like, and I mean like, 
everyday Bahamians on the street, when you're in the bank line, when there's people talking in the background, they might be talking about this team. That led to like a buzz in the country that, yo, this shit might actually be happening. This might be, this is gonna pop off. And then what happened is that as soon as that kind of stuff happens, what we see is, I think, a version of people trying to capitalize on it. And that could be people trying to do sponsorships or because they care about what's popping. I don't know if they care necessarily about the team. They do not. They do not. And <laughs> and like we care about the team and we want it to flourish. And as Miami Dolphin fans, what we like to see, and we've talked about this, we want bandwagon fans. We want behemoths who don't even care about basketball to care about this team. And that's what happens because we, we are people, hype beasts. Yeah. We want people who don't go on the internet to give a fuck about this. Sorry, I didn't mean to curse. No, you could. Yeah. What, but, what are you talking about? No, no, no. About? But we want people who are not into this daily, who don't follow it, because that's how you get the public support and everything. And we're going to talk about changing the narrative. So when, like, Nal spoke about uh, what he did earlier, it's like, okay, it's 10th year seniors. We've been encountering a lot of this. But I think uh, Nal says this about uh, Aiton and the Suns when the Suns are in the playoffs, when they're the only. Uh, team of Bahamian representative left. He's like, let's come together as sons. And I feel like, yo, let's come together as Bahamians. In in this moment, the team is what matters. The team is absolutely what matters 100%. And that is why I think the approach of this entire thing has been pissing me off. Like, I understand that we are front runners. We are a culture of front runners. We just like when the success happens. We are not there to actually watch the success happen or do anything to put into it because I there was a time when we had to be putting stories out there saying that there's not enough funding for these teams to travel for them to get to this point. And because of the traction that has been built up and because of the attention that is now garnered on this, you have people coming in at the 11th hour doing things. And it makes sense for them to do that because you want the general public to be able to watch these games. Everybody wasn't grasping the concept of going on courtside to finding the stream. But you don't have people making decisions that are committed to sports, and I think that is the problem here. Because if you have people that are actually committed to sports and committed to the product that the Bahamian public has to consume, then I think that would be a premium for you. I think the way that comes off would be something of paramount importance. And that has not been what any of this has looked like. Because it's a larger issue in the Bahamas and it it speaks to all the sports teams. It speaks to track and field, baseball, obviously basketball, volleyball, anyone who's trying to get sponsorship for anything in this country. It boils down to the, I think just the level of interest of the people who are doing it. And then it also boils down to like, what is your ultimate decision-making at the end when you don't think you're going to garner interest. And sometimes what happens in, in the Bahamas is like, it's a, you know, you follow in fashion instead of wanting to lead. That's all Cause if is. you were, if you were sprinting out ahead and if you were leading, you would be like, yo, I'm going to lead at this when I don't think this is as popular, but- when I don't think there is, there are NBA players who are right there and I, I want to move beyond this point because I, I just want to talk about the 
feeling when the Bahamas is playing Argentina. Yeah. And I, I know you I know you want to uh, get into the other stuff, and I'll, I'll let you go. But, but we, mean, sh- like, we should, because I feel like that's the kind of shit that people don't know, and people would be wondering why things are the way it is, but I think sometimes you have to give people a look behind the curtain for them to understand what the it. fuck is up. N- there's none. Nobody. People will be in their WhatsApp groups, and they'll just be complaining about the shit that goes on, but nobody understands the decision-making behind that. And the decision-making behind a lot of this is, we will pay... Uh, we will pay a company, we will pay an organization Whoever on foreign it. soil, Whoever we will pay it. any of that tens of thousands of dollars for whatever, but to have a legitimate Bahamian product run by Bahamians, we will not shell out mm-hmm. any of that. We will nickel and dime that shit up and down when it comes to our own people. And, yo, I have to speak to like a lot of Bahamian creatives because I had some of them who uh, spoke to me about like, even film is like, yo, you, you know why the Bahamas doesn't have like a vibrant film community is because there are not people in the country who are trained to do that thing. And the reason they're not trained to do that thing is because people don't pay for it in the country or they think that there are other people outside the country who could do it. And there are people who are making money decisions and those decisions that fuck all that shit up. I'm sorry. All why every no 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 but but every single time and that is why you see sports kind of run the way it is. And that is why so many of our athletes leave. And then we lionize them after they leave. And then they have these great accomplishments when they go to schools and other places. Or they leave when they're teenagers to like further their athletic career. But why isn't that happening here? Honestly, it's because of us. And it's because of the decisions we make. And it's because of the kind of stuff that you see. But now I think we need to talk about the team. And like just even this team coming together like the Avengers, and I I was just like, man. But when Aiton did that interview and talked about changing the narratives, and we just said like, oh, Aiton's gonna play, and I think the feeling was different. I am now completely convinced. <laughs> now, now it's giving me a look right now. Yo, listen, I probably I'm going to make a Suns bet to win the NBA championship at one point. Because if this is the version of Aiton that you're going to get, who's like, yo, I don't give a fuck. Aiton had 8-9 eight tonight versus Uruguay, and it was that we are better than this, and yeah, you can't didn't. wait until... It didn't matter. See, see, me in, see me July 2024. No, it's, it's literally see Argentina on Sunday. That's, see Argentina that's, on Yeah, that's, that's what that was about for him. But yeah, I mean, obviously, and me and John have been speaking about this for months and the, the back channel communication just understanding and knowing what it took for this to come together like just being in the trenches watching this happen watching the dominoes fall you have and everyone will talk about the big three and they are important but for me this team means so much because of the people that have been carrying the toting the water for Bahamas basketball for a long time and have fought for it to get to this moment that took them through the moments of transition. Like for me, I think one of the biggest parts of this team is somebody that keeps a whole lot of this stuff together. And that's Keno Burroughs. He made his national team debut in 2007. Keno has been playing for the national team for a very long time. I put this in, in the article that I wrote in 2007, when he made his debut played with Franco Miller senior and now on this team, he's playing with his son. That's a LeBron James type he, level of longevity. I hate you coming on yeah. that corner. Keno is all LeBron. 
Yeah, like that's that's what it is, and that's why I put that in that article because I want people to realize like these are the people that have been doing it. Like Cantwan Cantwan Smith has been playing on the national team. I think his debut was 2012 or something like that. Same thing with David Nesbitt. Like these are people that were playing in these windows, were playing in these windows before they really garnered any of this type of attention before it got to the point where the general public really stepped in. And I think they have been unheralded for such a long time that it, for me, it's fulfilling to see people like that get propelled to the stage. Even like someone like Dominic Bridgewater. And I think, I think Nato's story is one of the most important ones in terms of the next generation of Bahamian basketball players. This is the first Bahamian ever to go from the high school level to play professionally. Like that is a huge deal. That is a road less traveled. But I, one, I don't think enough people know that or talk about that. Two, I don't think they know that that's even an avenue to be explored. But I think this is someone that is an avatar for a younger generation to say, hey, if you are not able to pursue the path, because the path that we know has been the same once from from Michael Thompson to DeAndre Ayton. But mm-hmm. I think Nato is that that figure that they can look to and say that this is a different road like him being on that team is extremely important to me anytime i get to see him play i don't even care if he gets five minutes on the court i think he's so important for the future Mm -hmm. that his story needs to be put out there more that he is someone that needs to be propelled more who could put that story out only i mean (laughs) Who, who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck other than us? Right? us. Yeah, you, 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 the who gives out. a fuck other than us? Right? You, you think? Like, I'm right You think that was addressed when they was talking about the game tonight? Ox Charo. I got Ox Charo. Ox Charo. He, he was yeah. just he was just putting quotes in the group. But like yeah. people people like that, I think when you look at another guy like like Garvin Clark. Garvin Clark finished high school in the U.S. Went to Akron. Did two years at Akron. Now I was going to play uh, D two basketball. The point guard position is something that has been one of the focal points, been one of the talking points that everyone said that we need to shore up when you look at how the rest of this team is put together. And at that point guard position, you have Nato, who I just talked about earlier. You got Franco, who we talked about earlier. And leading them, Tum Tum Nairn, who is like a bridge between the coaching staff and the players. Because you have that coach literal coach on the floor because tum tum is an actual division one coach a real coach a literal coach on the floor which is very important to this team very important to the team so the reason why i oh, feel God. the reason why i feel like this is obviously is happening at the right time and all of that is well and good and you need the nba players to be there to even be able to compete but the way the rest of the roster has fleshed out it's obviously the best one that we've ever had, but By the far. construction from top to bottom has has I mean they have scout they have they have scoured every possible avenue to put this team together, and because I know how hard the people in the background work, that is why I'm so proud to see them out there doing it. I feel like you need to contextualize that to really get it. Yes, because like people put their own money behind this team. People sacrifice their time. They sacrifice uh, training what they're doing in their professional collegiate careers to get behind this, to bring this product to you. And this is like a real thing. And to me, as I watch it and like why I care so much is like that's what makes me 
like very proud about this is because everyone on this team had other options to do something else and decided this is what I'm going to do. And that's like real national pride. Like that's the shit that gives you goosebumps when you watch it and you see people playing like really hard because they care about it that much. And like if they care about it that much, when you're watching, you should care about it that much. And when we talk about it, we should talk about it like we care about it that much. And that's the thing that counts. Like it's not about just like making a quick buck or ad revenue to be like, I don't know, man, we have to do this. So the next generation that's coming after will care about this. And then, you know, maybe there's like seven NBA players and eight NBA players on the team like years from now and then be like, oh, the Bahamas is always in Olympic medal contention. And that's what you have to try to foster. So look at it like this, right? Let's take it to track and field. Before 1992, Bahamians didn't expect to be winning Olympic medals in track and field. Frank Rutherford came, did that shit in 92, won bronze, in, won bronze in the triple jump. And we have won an Olympic medal every edition of the Olympic since. And it's become a thing that's expected. So yeah. now if we don't, we are so spoiled that now if we don't, People think there's something wrong with that. Coming from that little-ass country, we think there's something wrong with the fact if we don't win an Olympic medal. We've never had something like this happen in team sports before. And I feel like the the status that these dudes have gotten in terms of basketball, they get there despite us not having a proper culture to foster them getting there. We were lucky enough for Buddy to turn into what he turned into. We were lucky enough for DeAndre Ayton to be able to leave NASA at 12 and become what he turned into. We're lucky that Kai Jones developed in a ridiculously quick short span and had a growth spurt that <laughs> that was out of this world. And his skills are still developing. We're lucky that the whole Eric Gordon situation, the way that played out, we're lucky that some rulings happened in our favor. So all of this coming together, is some of it is serendipitous. Some of it is because the hard work that people put in. But you have a combination of that luck and hard work. But they have to be the first ones to change the culture. So the success of this is going to change the culture. You look at, you have Frederick King right now playing Division One basketball for Creighton. You have Vijay Edgecombe, who's one of the top recruits in America, VJ Edgecombe could go to whatever school he wants to. When he decides where he's going to play, that's going to be a big deal. There are a whole lot of other young Bahamian Hoopers in the pipeline. And whereas the generation before didn't really see the national team as the apex of a career, now that is going to be the cool thing to do. That's going to be the cool thing to do because the people who as I look always should have been, but yeah, yes, yeah. The, but the people who I look up to the most. I see Buddy going all out and doing this. I see Aiton going all out. And not just that, because of certain content creators and I get to see some things behind the scenes, I get to see what that culture is like. It's not just them playing. I get to see them actually out there doing shit. I get to see them bonding. So this has become a brand. But for Bahamas basketball to become a brand that people want to be a part of, I think that is a huge deal because it would change. it would change everything. A few months ago, this team did not have money. This team did not have money to go to World Cup qualifiers. Think about yeah. that. We still had three Bahamian players, mind you. Yeah, yeah, And it, executives were saying that we just don't have it. We are going to have to pull out of qualifiers. Do you know how wild that is to have that level of talent? And if we didn't post that shit and that story didn't blow up and the money came from somewhere, 
who knows what would have happened because Buddy commented on that and those dudes are ready to back out of all of this shit. Yeah. This was going to be done. If we didn't shine the spotlight on that, this was going to be done. And sometimes you do have to toot your own horn because nobody else out there is going to tell your story. Mm-hmm. Nobody else out there is going to tell your story. Like, we've been humble for a very long time. Time to fucking stop that shit. We are better than the product that people are putting out there. Like, we are too important for not to be on Front Street. Because what would have happened if we did not do this? Or what, like... I, I kind of think about this all the time because, like, 10th year seniors has a scope and everyone has their lives and their things that you have to do, right? But then there are sports or avenues where we don't get to shine that kind of light on this. And it's because of, like, yo, we love basketball. We love, like, yeah. we love baseball, football, like, the kind of shit we love. So we shine more of a light on that. And it makes me think of, we like, all the other sports that don't, in the Bahamas, that don't kind of get this kind of spotlight or support or just be like oh y'all are fucking up right now and y'all could be better and i think that why this team is so important is because when you see a team succeed in spite of shit and like when you see them do that in spite of everything that's going on that leads to more people than supporting them to be like okay we don't want to fuck this up anymore and like this is the thing that we need to do and that that to me is what's galvanizing because like I I I know home and like we could be better than all this other stuff and eventually this will happen. But let's I, I can we talk about the game? I want to talk about the games. Yeah, I want to talk about the games. All right. I, so the big the right now obviously we'll as we record this we're looking ahead to the final where we will be going against Argentina. So the winner of this advances to the. Uh, this is just the pre-qualifier for the uh, the actual qualifier comes in July, a month ahead of the Olympics. That's the last chance for. But you just have to do a lot, but you, why do you just don't let us in? You do have to do. You do have to do we'll a just, lot. Just put us in the Olympics. Well, if this we, is ridiculous. If we qualify for the World Cup, we wouldn't have to go through this process. But yeah, didn't. Things things didn't align for the stars didn't align for that right yeah. so this is the process that we have to go through so if we win this game against Argentina then we look forward to next July and that is the final step if we get through that then we advance to the Olympic tournament it's very exclusive I mean only twelve teams get in that in the entire world boy that's sad that is it's extremely rough. exclusive so there's no this isn't this isn't ninety two when Angola could get in and then um, the USA would just be dropping. 60 and 80 pieces on them like no everyone who the is basketball going to make it is probably going to have nba players on their roster. the basketball world is extremely smaller so yeah i want to look at look let's look ahead to argentina briefly right so i think a whole lot of people particularly in our generation were introduced to argentinian basketball because so many of them at that point were in the NBA. It was like that an generation of them. Argentinian players. That's their golden generation for basketball. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No Cioni, um, Luis Scola, Carlos Delfino. And it, it was so much... What? You're not going to say it? Say his name. I feel like you named everyone just now. Say whose name? Ginobili. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, when you're talking sometimes, you just miss shit. Yeah, just yeah, fill yeah, in yeah. and say it. Yeah. <laughs> That's like... 
the Hall of Famer. <laughs> yes. It's like yeah. talking about heat basketball and not bringing up Wade or LeBron. Okay. I mean, if you listen to some of these dudes' podcast, they would like to erase Dwayne Wade from not just heat basketball, but NBA basketball <laughs> completely. Yeah. But yeah, so yes, that is the golden age. I think that's where a lot of us really learn that, hey, Argentina is about that. But they have a basketball culture, obviously, because of they have been so proficient at the international level and professionally. And you see one of the protégés and one of the products from that generation, Pablo Prigioni, now stepping to the sidelines as the coach of this team. He had good years with the Knicks, with the Rockets, international team player for well over a decade. And he's bringing that same. So they have an identity and they have a playing style that has lasted from those guys that we mentioned to this same group of guys. And yes, they may be in a rebuilding phase, but this is still Argentina basketball. Like it ain't it ain't it's it ain't nothing to fuck with. Like it's it's serious. Facundo Campazzo is an NBA caliber player. So annoying. Yeah. He's but he's an NBA caliber no, no, player. No 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 but I mean like that's when you know someone's good and you watching them on yes. the other team like but I was yeah, afraid of him way. going into the first game. Carlos Delfino is still playing and playing at a high level. So annoying. All them annoying stop hitting shots why y'all just don't miss everything and that was the that that's what happened in the first quarter when we played them when we played them um in the group phase yeah they came out in that first quarter and they were hitting everything you know the kind of point guard Campazzo is he's a pass first guy but he is also much more talented than just about everybody in this competition because he's played at the NBA level like we're the we're the only team that has NBA players right now in buddy eg and da but other teams have NBA level talent. They're just not yes. in the league now. Yes. Let's we people that gotta make that very, very clear. Very, very important to remember when you think about like international play, which leagues these guys play in, and how long they can play and keep playing. And then as soon as you put that jersey on for your country, it turns into a very different thing to be like, Oh, I got a battery in my back right now. What the fuck? You know. And they and they play in at home. Like I don't think we should do not hey, they, they catch us at home. We got to catch them at home. I ain't gonna lie. Don't overshadow how important that is. Like you, you just said it. That battery in your back, multiply it by two because they playing in their gym. You know what I'm saying? Like this is for. They have a legacy that they got to continue because us talking about Ginobili and Scola and Nocioni and all of those guys, they have a legacy to follow behind them. So yeah, this team may be younger, but. They get a lot of pressure to live up to that too. And they know that we come into this as the favorites. They thought they had that game won. We ended up winning by 12, but they thought they had that game won. They're looking at that saying they were the better team. Here's the thing that should give us a lot of optimism heading into the game Sunday night. And yeah, our our big three were big in that game. They... They were averaging, all of them averaging over 20 head. I'm not really counting the Uruguay game because that was a throwaway. It's but averaging, Yeah, but averaging, averaging 20, <laughs> averaging 20 like plus points Uruguay in the tournament. Get that's one, no, yeah, solid. I ain't even had to think about this. But it was our effort defensively, and I think defensively is going to be the difference. Because when you look at it, yeah, we were down in the first quarter, face a blitz, blitzkrieg. They were just hitting everything, but you know, at some point they were going to regress towards yeah. regress towards me. And you laughing at the blitz, the blitz yes. correct thing because yeah. it's Argentina. I did that on purpose in the call. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, they were going to regress towards the mean, and we were elite we defense. Start calling Buddy Magneto. 
We were elite defensively in the second and third quarter. Limited yeah. them to outscored them. I think it was like. 57 to 30 I think over the course of the second and third and that was that was the difference in the ball game another thing I'm interested to see who's going to be the next guy to step in the big three is going to give you what the big three is going to give you but in game one it was Franco that stepped up and had 18 game two it was Travis that stepped up and had 20 had a perfect game eight of eight from the field the only thing he had was one missed free throw mm-hmm Against Uruguay, I mean, that was a blowout, so you look at that as a by-committee thing. But again, Franco was big off the bench. Who is going to be the next one outside of the big three to contribute? And once we see that happening and we can identify that early, then I think that tells you a lot about how, how that game is going to go. Yeah. And I think um, just watching it from, because obviously you and John are so much more attuned to what's going on in Bahamas basketball, right? And I want to talk about, like, from the layman's perspective, from the pe- people who are just watching it from the outside, it's like you expect the NBA players to kind of perform at a certain level. But anytime, like, the other players on the team are performing, and you don't think, like, man, some of these guys have been playing professionally, like, you know, been pr- playing professionally for so long. And then uh, the guys who are, like, in university who are playing, that our team is so talented that you you all you almost think like this is a foregone conclusion or you almost expect it but i think like i want the audience to have that feeling in them to be like um what did popovich call it like the uh the appropriate amount of fear like necessary the, the necessary amount like oh like yeah we could lose and like that's why we play so hard and that's why everything about this is so different because the guys who play in a league like they come back because they give a shit and the guys who play everywhere else come back because they give a shit and they want to play for this team and they want the Bahamas to do well. And, like, I think, man, like, nuts and bolts of the game, like, you can't be that, that overstated. Like, Aiton and Eric Gordon are going to be professional teammates. Buddy is going to be, like, starting for the Pacers. And he's, he like, all of these people are good. And eventually... Hopefully, knock on wood, we beat Argentina, and then July becomes the really major thing post a Pacer or, or really the Suns. Let's come to get us, Suns. Uh, a Suns championship. It's Suns. Yeah. It's come to get us, Suns. Yeah. Post a Suns championship, and then we have four NBA players on that team playing in July, trying to get into the Olympics. And that is what we want, and that is what we care about. And imagine the buzz around the team at that time and playing a team like Argentina, who honestly was just, he's a cut of ass. He's a cut of ass plenty all the time. L- yeah. Look at the region that we're playing in. John, look at the, John was on the bench. Dog. Look, look I, where we Oh, don't get me started with that. Like way all was when nobody was around and John had to take pictures and be assistant coach and get all of this shit together. John, no, no, no fucking exes and us, But he had to be there in a suit as an assistant coach against goddamn Argentina, number four ranked team in FIBA. I think John should have said like, hey, let's run elevators and then maybe he did I don't know John was, you have a say that's right now a little bit he was fucking good at clapping you see he got that one gift where he got clap, you see he got that one gift where he do like the pump Hold the on, fist you, pump you think John ever gone over to Buddy and be like hey when I hit that half court shot I think we should run that right now of course he does yeah of course he does yeah how could he not 
Anyway, anyway, I think we, it's time we, for yeah, us, like, I think it's time for us to go yeah, run yeah. the streets. Yeah, we, we we about to run around uh, in the streets. Uh, All right, if y'all listening to this before the game, um, tip off against Argentina. I think is is gonna be uh, eight ten our time. Look, this is every game moving forward is the biggest game in Bahamian basketball history. After we win this, the first game of the qualifying tournament in July is the biggest, the biggest one, game. and yeah. henceforth every single one. So continue to lo- continue to lock in. Love the support. Love everything that's happening now. Shout out to the Bahamas Poop Hoops IG page because I think they have just been killing it in terms of content. So good. We will continue to do what we have been doing because I think the. <laughs> I mean, I am not a person that consumes a whole lot of traditional media, so I, whatever demographic is doing that, I don't know what they are doing, but I think what we are doing is very important to reach the people that need to be reached. I'll just go ahead and say that. And in closing, y'all tripping, and you get what you pay for.